listening to this week's Lefevre CFC podcast. Connect with us via our website, lefevrecfc.com, or our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash lefevrecfc. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Our series that we're going through on living in the kingdom and kingdom mission. And we looked last week, just a quick recap, we looked at the Beatitudes. So the first four of the Beatitudes are about how we enter in that heart of repentance and transformation and surrender to Christ. And then the second four are about this radical new life and living in the kingdom and this new life that we get in Christ. And the, the two that are getting baptized are really saying, well, we've repented and we're, we're desiring this new life and they've moved into that new life that is theirs. And Then Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount goes from this idea of, okay, this is how you're in and this is what it characterizes the believer who's a citizen of the kingdom and then he gives them their mission. And when we talk about mission, normally we go to the Great Commission talking about, well, go and make disciples. Um, But here Jesus puts a a perspective on that. And this this is what Jesus says straight after the Beatitudes. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if a salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except for to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your, light, let your light shine before others that they may see the good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So you are salt and you are light. And the purpose of being salt and light is the ultimate purpose of bringing glory to the Father. So we are salt as a church, we are salt as a church, we are light with the goal, the mission, the purpose of people seeing our good deeds that they would give glory to the Father. How do they do that? By We know as these two are getting baptized by receiving Christ, getting an understanding of him, repentance, and then getting the new life that we have in Christ. And that brings amazing glory to him. But we are to be salt and light and that is our mission. So salt and light, you are. You are salt and you are light. This morning I woke up and I felt like I was salt. I had spent two days swimming Um, just off York Peninsula at some beautiful beaches Um, but I hadn't showered in fresh water for two days so this morning I got up and I licked my arm as you do and I tasted like salt Um, um, so I was very very salty this morning Um, but I have showered since then and I'm nice and clean and fresh water does some wonderful things Um, but we are salt and we are light that is who you are as a citizen of the kingdom you are now salt and you are now light I don't know if you believe that or not, but that's what Jesus is saying here. You are these things. It's not that you might be or you could be or if you choose to be or if you want to be or if you feel like it. He's saying this is now who you are and our mission now comes out of who we are as citizens of the kingdom. That as we go through repentance, we take on this new life, he now says, as a church and as my people, you are salt and you are light in this world. That's awesome. So why so salty? Um, When I say salty, uh, that can mean different things. Um, And some people, some Christians are a bit salty, Um, but the wrong type of salty, I think. 
They're a bit grumpy, a bit cranky, always miserable on the grumpy and cranky side of life. And um, when someone who doesn't know Christ sees them, think, why would I want to be a Christian if that's what you end up like? Um, No, we're not meant to be that type of salty, a grumpy, cranky sort of person. We are to be salt, um, but not salty in this sort of sense. You are salt in this world. And salt has value. So we see in that story, that the sermon that Jesus is preaching, it says, well, the salt has value, but if it loses its saltiness, it has no value anymore. But as salt, you and I have this great value. What does salt do? Salt flavors food. I had some nice steak last night because my fishing trip wasn't that, didn't catch that many fish. Um, so I had a nice bit of steak last night which we took as a backup. So it showed we had little faith in our fishing skills that we actually took steak just in case we didn't catch fish. So, well, it was a good thing we did take the steak. Um, But last night we had this steak and then we're putting salt on it and it just makes it taste so much better. You know, you and I are to be salt to people. We're to be a positive influence. We're to be a positive... Our lives are to be salt in such a way that people actually look at it and go, man, you make my life better. You make me taste better. You make life better. And I've asked Alyssa to, for permission to tell this story, but at her work where she works, she's got a couple of supervisors that she uh, spends time with. And last week or the week before, one of her bosses came in from her smoko, which it really was actually a smoko. Um, and she came in and said, Alyssa, you're my fish. And Alyssa's going, what? She said, I just found out during my smoko that that fish sign that people stick on their cars, that cr- means that uh, Christians do that. Um, So that means you're a Christian or there's a Christian in that car. So Alyssa, you're my fish um, to her. So she was saying, you're my Christian in my life because I have, like that's her only interaction with Christianity and Christian people. And she knew that Alyssa was there and as a Christian, as a believer, um, she said, so you're my fish. Um, But you know, you're my salt. You're that salt in my life that is bringing something around Christ and bringing the presence of Christ and life here. That is who we're to be. How well do you flavor your world? How positive are you to the people around you and the, as a citizen of the king being flavored into their life? It's a challenge for us as a church, but for each one of us. Salt also preserves food and stops it from decay. You know, we have a powerful message that is a message of transformation that tr- transitions us from destruction and separation from God and just the, the normal things of this world that ends in death that we have the opportunity to actually help people transition into eternity. Not just in heaven when we die, but also here and now that we can transition into into the things of eternity. We have to be that type of salt in people's lives. Salt makes people thirsty. And in the words of Jerry Seinfeld, these pretzels are making me thirsty, for those who are Seinfeld people. But the pretzels are put at the bar or salty peanuts are put at the bar so that you eat them for free. Why? To make you thirsty so you go and get more drinks. So do you make people thirsty for God by your presence in their life? Are you causing them to want to be, oh man, I need more of God or I want God in my life because of your presence there? Do we, as a church, for our community here at Lefevre, do we make people thirsty for God because of our presence here? things for us to think about the only way 
we can function as salt is being, by join, being joined to Jesus Christ. So if a salt loses its saltiness, it's useless, it's worthless. The only way that we stay salty is through the connection that we have with Jesus Christ. And that's a challenge for each one of us to ensure that we keep that connection with Christ. We're joined with him as we faith in him, as we are connected with him. I know these two are getting baptized are saying that connection is so strong and we're just we're believing that as we go through the waters of baptism, we're declaring that connection that we have. But how connected are you to Jesus? How connected to him and how salty is he making you in terms of your prayer life and our worship and just spending time in his presence personally? So you're salt, but you're also light. The only reason that we can we make the light up the world and we have light is because we've received that light from Jesus. Jesus said in John 8 verse 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Are you bright? Do you have that light? Last night, but I was, as I was reflecting, um, I woke up at three o'clock this morning and roll, opened up the, the, the flaps on my swag, uh, well, Sam's swag, it's actually his swag I was sleeping in, but I opened up the flaps of that swag. I need to give it back to you, Sam. I've had it since the, I might take it to the next Alice Springs outreach and then bring it back to you. I've only had it for a year. Um, but lying there in that swag, looking up at the stars and you can see the Milky Way because there's no other lights around. It's absolutely amazing. And I remember growing up in Central Australia and going out camping and because there's no other light, you can just you can see the stars. Everything is so bright. When Sandra and I lived in Papua New Guinea with our children, I did outreach up into a very remote part of Central Province. And um, Central Province is the state or the province that surrounds um, the NCD, the National Capital District, and we'd go out and then we would walk eight hours into the hills and into the mountains and we were doing outreach and evangelism in this valley and um, we planted a church there and as part of that we got a solar panel and some, some lights so we could run services at night and the battery and all of that worked and um, at night we would run services um, because we were literally the only light in that whole valley. Every single insect in that valley for about... Um, 20 kilometers around I'm sure filled up the church building so you're preaching away and you're sort of trying to swat the bugs and the insects away and remember this is the tropics so they're tropical bugs so they're not the little ones they're the big bugs they were huge every single one of them ended up in that building um, for church on Sunday nights or the outreach stuff that we were doing but a light in a place where there's darkness is it attracts people it attracts things to it we are to be that light, to be attractive to those people around us. Living for Christ. It makes us glow. I love the picture of that, of the moon, and it's the illustration of the moon. The moon in itself actually has no, no light. But it's bright at night. There was no moon last night, but the, the moon that's bright is actually just reflecting the sun. And that is you and me. That is us as a church. This is our mission, to be a reflector of Jesus Christ to our families, to the people around us, to this community. And that that is our, our mission, is to continue to shine bright the likeness of Jesus Christ so people would see him. And in 
Matthew 5, it talked about the good deeds and then Ephesians 5, verse 8 and 9 and 1 Peter 2, verse 12, it talks about through the good deeds that we do, people would see the glory of God, that they would see Jesus Christ. And that is for each one of us. How are your good deeds? Not good deeds for salvation, not good deeds to make yourself feel like a good Christian, but your good deeds and your nice things and the good things that you do for people around you so they see the light and the glory of Jesus Christ in you. The challenge is that we would be that bright light and as we let situations go past where we should speak up and we don't, we're becoming dull. Where we allow habitual sin and struggle into our life and we allow that and we live the same as the world and the people around us and we live like that, we're becoming dull in our light. As we lose our connection and reflection of Christ by not being connected to him, we become dull. My prayer has been for us as a church as I've been going through this is that we would, we really would be bright, that each one of us, our hearts would be renewed, that the Spirit of God would blow afresh on each one of us so deeply that our heart would pump with the love that Christ has that who Christ is would be who we are and wanting to reflect that and show that to wherever God has placed us, whether it's at work, at school, um, here on Friday nights in the kids club or music together, wherever it is, that we would be a reflection of Jesus Christ that would attract people to Christ, not to ourselves, but to Christ himself. That we would see people come to a place of saying, yeah, I want to know Jesus. I want to fall in love with Jesus, that there's something about you that has attracted me to that place. Kingdom mission. Mission is living out who we are as salt and light. So you are salt and you are light. So our mission is to live that out as, as kingdom citizens. So how is your saltiness? How, is, how shiny is your light? How bright are you? But that is our mission. And I'm delighted that we've got two young people today who are saying, I, we want to shine that light bright. We're going to go through the water baptisms. We want to go to Largs Bay and declare that we are, we are making that decision to be salt and to be light. And we know what that means. We want that, that, that sense of connection with Christ. We've got that and we love Jesus and we want to be salt and we want to be light. It's an absolute pleasure for, to see people who have grown up in the church to say, yeah, that's, that's me. I'm ready to come to this point where we're saying it's not my parents' faith, it's not someone else's faith, it's my faith and I want to shine bright. And um, Paul asked us a question during our prayer time. Can I share that or not, Paul? Sorry, I've gone halfway down that path already so probably should have asked you before but as we were, we were praying, he says, well, I've just been picturing what happens tonight if I'm standing on the jetty looking down at this ring of people around those who are getting baptised what happens if someone comes up to me who doesn't understand what's going on and asks me what's happening? What will I say? Um, but that's a good question for all of us. What will we say if someone comes up and says, well, what's this all about? What's going on here? Have we got an answer? Are we ready to share? So I hope that that happens, Paul. Obviously, the Lord's put it on your heart. So I hope it, I'm praying that it happens for you. Um, I think you were worried about what you would say, but I'm sure the Lord will give you answers. We have a great mission as citizens of the kingdom to be salt and to be light because we are salt and we are light let's pray Jesus I thank you for your great commission and that you have as given us as citizens of the kingdom that you've given us a mission to live out who we are as salt and light you make us salt and you make us light 
And Lord, I pray that each one of us would be so salty and that we would be so bright individually, but also collectively as a church, that we would shine bright all around this community, that we would shine bright in our workplaces, in our schools, in our homes, in those places where there are people that don't know you who haven't entered into the kingdom. And we just thank you for that. And Lord, help us to be who you made us to be. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to ask those who are getting baptised to come up. So that's Luke and um, Samika. And they are going to share. So excited for these guys. You all need to smile at them, really. It's very nerve-wracking standing up here speaking. Um, So give them a big smile and give them all of your your trust and confidence and that you believe in them. And they're going to just share a little bit of their journey about why they're getting baptised. I've been told it could be very short, but we're believing for a little bit longer than very short. Um, But Luke, um, those who don't know Luke, Luke is the third born son of Paul and Tara, and he's going to the Philippines in a few weeks' time, um, and that's going to be a significant step for him in um, just that sense of following Christ and serving the Lord. But he has come to a place of saying, I want to get baptised because of his own faith. And as we talked earlier, we had some time together earlier this week, he just talked about um, just that sense of renewing and the sense of what uh, the new life that is his in Christ. And he just wants to see more and more of that take place. So you want to share some stuff, Luke? Yeah, so I'm going to the Philippines in like April this year. So I just feel like now's a good time to take a big step in my faith because I feel like I'm ready and I've matured and I'm ready to be baptised. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, give a round of applause. And you love Jesus very much, don't you? Yes. Yes? That's good. Samika, there we go. All right. Well, um, thank you guys for being here today. I'm grateful to be surrounded by such an incredible group of people, especially those who have been, been with me since my family and I joined this church eight years ago and the Alice Springs Church for planting those seeds of faith in me that has come to grow into what it is today. About a decade ago, I was first asked if I wanted to be baptised, and each year since, the opportunity would arise and I would find some reason why I wanted to wait. I've always trusted my intuition, and, and for that, I replied, not yet. I can now say, yes, I am ready, because this time I asked... And when I look back, I can see it wasn't merely an intuition, but God's perfect timing. Born and raised within a Christian family, I haven't known anything other than Jesus. And to me, that is the greatest privilege. Because later when life and sin threw curveballs and I entered seasons of hardship, I understood the comfort and moments of peace I felt in those times was God, while many others come to realize this later. To be baptized today symbolizes more than a declaration of faith as I'm transitioning out of school, soon turning 18 and saying goodbye to the security of childhood. As I am born again, I am too saying goodbye to the unhealthy habits, sinful patterns and short-lived shallow comforts I found in worldly things. These past couple years I struggled with processing my childhood, both the good and the bad, and evaluating how this has impacted me today. Now that I've processed my past, I'm ready to let that go and stop allowing it to define me and my future. 
Instead, I Instead, I choose to embrace my new identity in Christ, following the path of new life Jesus created when he died for me and my sins. I hope this baptism is a symbol of my faith and trust and the beginning of the rest of my life in, in submission and awe to carry out God's will. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah, so good. On Thursday when Sondra and I sat with um, Samika, she really just poured out a lot of, there's a lot more to that, um, but I trust you feel her heart and that sense of the new identity she, she knows that she has in Christ and the, the, um, the absolute delight for her of, actually I grew up in a Christian home, hasn't mean everything's been easy, but I've grown up in a Christian home, I thank the Lord for that and now as I transition into adulthood, she's just sort of saying this is it and yeah, and she actually came and said, I want to get baptised. She initiated it because of her initiation. We're actually having the whole service here um, and just sort of saying, yeah, I, I want to do this. And so it's absolute delight that we've got two wonderful candidates who are both saying, we love Jesus. We know the new life that is ours in Christ and we're really responding in obedience to Jesus and that this is for both of them. We've been praying for both of them that uh, as they go through this process of obedience to Christ and make that public declaration that the, um, the desires of their heart to really to, to run after Jesus and to follow him so closely um, will take place. So we're believing that as we baptise you there's going to be something wonderful and special take place in you and just that sense of just oh, closeness with God for both of you.